Welcome to the weekly podcast of Soul Purpose Evangelical Church, located in the city of Middletown, New York. Today's message will be brought to you by our guest speaker, Brother Richard Garasquillo. He is the founder and director of Man Up For God Ministries. Each week, we stream our live recorded services to encourage, build up, and edify our listening audience. Our aim is to share with you the uncompromised and infallible word of the living God. Our prayer is that today's message will draw you closer in your relationship with Jesus Christ. And now, here's Brother Richard with today's word. Stand. Serious, and I take it serious. So as I was meditating on this word, over and over again, reading the same scripture over and over again, God started just unraveling things for me. So uh, we're going to be going out of uh, Mark 5, 25 through 34. If you can find that in your Bibles. And if we can uh, just stand for the reading of the word, giving it some reference for those who can. Heavenly Father, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus, Father God. Your word is already blessed, Father. Father God, ready my mouth, ready my tongue. Let it be like a, a pen, Father God, writing on the hearts of men. Oh, Heavenly Father, have your way with this word today. The title of my message tonight is called Touch the Hem. And we start off in Mark 25 or 34. It says this. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the, in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the afflictions. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? The disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace.
peace and be healed of your afflictions. Amen and amen. You can sit down in the presence of the Lord. Whew. I'm going to see if I can get through this. Where's my tissues? Listen, I ain't going to lie, man. When I tell you not too many men want to speak about a woman's uh, blood flow, so they kind of <laughs> scare away from this. But I'm like, God, why, why did you choose me to speak about this one? Then I started understanding. And I started seeing things that I've never seen before. And, um, you know, he sat me down. And as I, I was reading this, I was like, wow, God. And we're going to get into this. So we start off the scripture, right, with a woman. Nobody knows who this woman is. There's no name. There's nothing about her, right? What's written about her? It's just a woman, a certain woman, right? We don't know who she is. We're not sure if she's married, if she's not. Does she have children? You know? I'm figuring she is married. I'm figuring she does have children. Because I figure her to be a Jewish woman. Why Jewish? If you see the last uh, um, scripture, it says daughter with a capital D. And usually when Jesus was speaking to someone else that was like a Canaanite woman, she calls him a dog. Says, why should I give, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the crumbs from my thing, um, to, to the dogs when I should be giving it to the to the, my family goes, even the dogs eat the crumbs of the masters. And he's like, wow, right? Everybody knows that verse? So I, I figured her to be a Jewish woman. So she must have a family. She must have a husband. So what do we know is that she was a woman with ample amount of wealth. Because let me tell you something. She says she spent all she had. That means she had money for doctors. She has some type of wealth, right? But guess what? She, she suffered from an issue that she has been dealing with for 12 years. How many people can deal with an issue for 12 years? Think about it. Some people deal with a lot of issues for a long time, ailments and sickness and diseases for a long time. This issue was a flow of blood for 12 years years it's a long time it's a discouraging time it's a time where you're like what's going on i went to all the doctors I, what, is, what is this but is it something that happened for 12 years long so i want to take this time right now you know to highlight like three points of what we're going to be talking about today. Point number one, there's going to be trials. Right? Mm -hmm. This woman's trial is a 12-year-long trial. Right? Point number two is there's always hope. Hope can always be found if you're looking for it. And trials, expect them. If you're in this house and you are 
a follower of the way, and you're seeking God, expect to have trials. Don't be like, why is this happening to me? I don't say. I don't know. Right? No. It's happening because you're doing something that the world don't like. So respect it. But also know the hope that we have. That hope can always be found. My question is, are you looking for it? And point number three restoration your restoration is closer than you think but sometimes we miss it we miss that restoration because we're still stuck thinking that we don't have no hope we're still stuck thinking that yo i can do this i know i got this you ain't got nothing get over yourself Every single time we set out to do certain things on our own, man, guess what? God, Jesus is like, all right, go ahead. He, he's not going to stop you. Go ahead. I'll be right here. And when we come back all beat up. <laughs> okay, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to. I know, I know, I know. Uh, do you want to take the next step? No? Okay. My God is a gentleman. He will not make you do anything you don't want to do. That's why when we, I sang that song, touch the hem of his garment. He's, he's waiting. He knows you want to touch it, but he still sees that you're still stuck in your own mind. See, trials, right? That's what we're going to start at because 12 years is a long time. We got to talk about this 12 years. This woman, the issue of blood, man, 12 years, it's... But let me tell you, 12 years... Some of us are still in trials from our wayward kids, right? I know I'm still praying for mine. I'm still seeking and asking God. I'm still looking for that, for that day where, where my wayward child just says, I gave up, Rip Dad. I gave, I completely gave myself over to God. There's so many people that are, that are going through trials and, 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 and they're just persevering. How do they do it? They touch the hem of the garment each and every single day, right? So we have to ask ourselves, 12 years long, right? What does that look like? What does 12 years long to a Jewish woman who is part of the law look like? All right. Let's take a glimpse as some of the factors invading her life. I said we didn't know much about her, but, you know, her life, but in those times, Jewish women wouldn't be married, have children at home, right? So you think about that. Now you're married, you have children at home. We're going to go to Leviticus. Leviticus 15, 19. If a woman has a discharge and the discharge from her body is blood, she shall be set apart seven days. And whoever touches her shall be unclean until evening. Seven days she shall be set apart. 
apart from her husband, apart from her children, apart from going to the synagogue, apart from going to the store, apart from going to the bodega these days, right? Apart. She's got to be set apart. She can't be touched. She's unclean. Mind you, keep in mind, 12 years. But wait, there's more. Leviticus 15, 20 to 24. Everything that she lies on during her impurity shall be unclean. Don't even sleep on your bed. Don't even touch uh, uh, any handkerchiefs in the house or, or, or go to the bathroom. Also, everything that she sits on shall be unclean. Whoever touches her bed shall, shall wash his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until the evening. And whoever touches anything that she sat on shall be washed. Her, um, washed. And whoever touches, wait, I'm, my bad, his clothes and bathe in water and be unclean until evening. And if anything is on her bed or anything on which she sits on, when he touches it, he shall be unclean until evening. And if any man lies with her at all, so that her impurity is on him, he shall be unclean seven days. And every bed on which she, on which he lies, shall be unclean. She can't even touch her husband. She can't touch nothing in her house. But I said, "Meal, it ain't yours no more. You're unclean. You can't even. Don't even come into the house." Because then, if you come, you know, can you imagine? Babe, don't touch me. I don't, I just took a shower just the other day. I don't want, listen, I washed everything already. You're going to touch me? I got to do it again? Right? Imagine that. Think 12 years. But wait, there's more. Levit Leviticus 15, 25. If a woman has a discharge of blood for many days, other than at the time of her customary impurity, or if she runs beyond her usual time of impurity, all the days of her unclean discharge shall be as the days of the customary impurity. She shall be unclean. So for 12 years, she's been unclean. For 12 years, she has been separated from her loved ones. For 12 years, that's why she spent everything that she had. She gave it all. Because she loves her husband. She loves her children. She wanted to spend time with them. But she couldn't. She couldn't because she was unclean. This was a hard time. Can you imagine that today? Can you imagine ladies being separated from your children for 12 years? Who's teaching them? Who's loving them? Who's taking care of them? Better yet, who's taking care of your husband? Mm -hmm. 
Can you imagine the man? I got to stay clean. So I have to go into basically 12 years of celibacy. How about that, men? Because you know what? You're one. You're one. So that means what she goes through, guess what? You're going through it too. How many men would have just stood by their wives? How many men would have just said, honey, I got you? I think in these days, man, what? Did they get divorced over, I don't know, someone left the toilet seat up. Right? Inconsolable differences. But we just got married. Yeah, but I got some inconsolable differences. I didn't know that you did that at night. But I always brush my teeth that way. But yeah, that, mm, no. 12 years. 12 years. We have to, and we, we have the nerve to be upset for just five minutes. Two minutes. So impatient. Yeah, that flesh, I don't know, it's going to hit somebody today, boy. I'll tell you right now. Her husband, her children, even her mother, her friends, her family. How about going to church? I can't even go to church. I can't go to the synagogue. I can't do anything. I am totally set apart. I'm totally just disbanded. I, I'm, I'm not even, I can't, I can't do nothing. How many, oh my God, I, I, when I was writing this, I was thinking, how many people would have already taken their lives? Suicide is going out of control right now. Out of control. Because nobody has any hope. Nobody has, no, 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 nobody has good news. We have a room full of people that are filled with good news. Who have you spoken to this week? Who have you went and shared your, the love of Christ to somebody? Have you heard that somebody, uh, you know, needed something, been out of something for about two days, and you were like, ah, I'll pray for them. Meanwhile, you know you have the means to take care of it right then and there, and you kept it to yourself? How many of us ha have lost opportunities that God had placed in front of them I said, not right now, God. I, I, I really don't have the time. No, we have, to, we have to think about these things because 12 years is a long time for a Jewish woman to be alone. Not only that. See, we think about these things, but how about what, the timeline where she lived? There was no comfortable beds. There was no running water inside. You know, there was no... There was, she, she had to be separated from the house. So... Where did she stay? In the wilderness? In a hut? How does she eat? How does she find the food? Where, where did she go? She couldn't go anywhere. How does she find her way? My heart is going out to her because like, I will bring you food. How many people that knew her? Because this is only 12 years. So before she had that issue, that means she had friends. That means she had somebody around. How many, how many of them totally just separated? You ever have friends that just, oh, you're a Christian now? Separate. And do you want, you call them up. 
Yo, do you want to go? Nah, I'm good. I'm going to the club, man. I know you don't want to go there. So they don't even bother calling you, not even to say hi. Separated. I'll tell you a quick story in my life as God was separating me from my friends who I thought were friends. People that I hung out with, rode motorcycles with, man, would do things with. But as soon as God told me, sell your bike if you want that truck. And I sold it. And I remember sitting at the table at uh, my so-called friend's house and them just looking at me, you're crazy. How are we going to communicate with each other now? Or how are we going to hang out? So what are you talking about? I'll follow you in my truck. What do you, what do you mean? We go to the same church. What, 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 the, the motorcycle does not define me. You understand, man. God asked me to, yeah, yeah but you're retiring in a couple of years. You know, that, that's, that's your fun. You're going to take out your fun. I said, well, all I can tell you is that God has a better plan for me. So yeah, but, but Rich, man, I don't know, man. I, I think you're doing a big mistake. I had another one cursing me out. Wow. What are you doing? You're so dumb. But he was not really a little carnal there. But I remember, God was so good that he, he blessed me six months later with a motorcycle. Just automatically showed up on my, my, uh, my, my uh, driveway, blessed me. Now I got a bike, so I'm thinking, oh, shoot. Well, I'm back in. I'm back in with the guys. Right? Yeah, no. No. Guess what? They already moved on. I was separated. And I remember one time driving by uh, the diner, and I see all their bikes outside, and, I, and I'm like, man, I was home. I'm, I'm retired. Nobody called me. And I remember walking inside, and they were all sitting, and they all turned around and looked at me. And my heart dropped. And I was like, man. And they go, oh, Rich, sit down, sit down. We, we finished eating already. We're about to leave, but yeah, just sit down for a minute. I was like, no, I'm good. I'm all right. God bless you guys. I love you guys. And I walked out. And I remember getting on my bike. And tears flowing down my eyes. And I'm like saying, God, but they were my friends. He says, I'm separating you. And I remember calling my wife. And my wife was like, do you see what he's doing? Do you see that those are that was your past, that you are on a new road? Do you see what he's doing? He's separating you. And it hurts. It was, it did not feel good because I can relive it. But I, I have tears of joy because of what my God has been doing in me. Because he brought some new friends along. He brought friends that were loving and caring and friends that understood me. Friends that were having their minds set on things above and not the things of this world. Friends that would come alongside me. It did not come right away. It just was little by little. One, two, three, four. Before I know, I got a whole flow of friends that love me, that care for me, that will never, ever, 
ever not bring me close, call me up and say, Rich, we're not doing anything. What are you doing, man? Would you need anything? And see, when we look at this woman with the issue of blood, she had nobody. She had no one. Verse 26 says that she suffered many things by many physicians. Understand that she was looking for an answer that could only be found in Christ. She was looking for a cure. How many of you are looking for a cure today? You know, I, I remember a pastor was saying uh, last week, Yo, you want a cure? Grab your Bible. Grab the gas pill. Take that first before you go to the doctors. Get into your quiet place and take that first. No, but she suffered many things. How many have suffered from the physicians today? If you take the pills today, it will cure you of high blood pressure. You might have a mild side effect like nausea, bleeding, headaches, muscle pains, uh, maybe even death. But don't worry about it. Your blood pressure will be on point. <laughs> Can you imagine what she suffered back then? Let's try this. Nope, that didn't work. Let's try this. Nope, that didn't work. I'm like, wait a minute. What are you doing? Let me try this. Nope, that didn't work. It's the same thing that's happening today. There's nothing new under the sun. Doctors don't even touch you anymore. Hold on, just tell me your symptoms. Yeah, you must take anti-dysphysiology and you take this two times a day, three times a day, four times a day. And if you have a mild headache or your heart is pumping out of your chest, it just stop. But until then, take it. You'll be good. There's always a side effect when you take something that's um, natural for something that's supernatural. See, when something's supernatural, something that is, that is of the spirit, you can't take anything that's natural. You can't take depression pill for a spirit of depression that's on you. You can't take a, a, a medicine if of the spirit of fears is coming upon you. You can't. You got to get the pill there's always a side effect this world can only give you side effects she has spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse so many of us are stuck in the worst Nah, we don't need help. I ain't got to tell nobody. Nah, I, I can handle it on my own. I'm good. I'm good. I want to read you a little illustration how doctors work in this world. So, a guy went to a doctor, right? He went to a doctor one day and he wanted to get a checkup. And the doctor did the traditional things. 
Then he brought in a little cat. The cat sniffed the guy, rubbed up against this guy, jumped onto his lap, and then the cat left. Then the man got a bill for $200. The guy called the doctor's office immediately and said, $200? What was that for? The doctor replied, well, $50 for the checkup. Right? And the other $150 was for the CAT scan. <laughs> See, that's how they get you. Sometimes you go to the doctors, and some of the side effects is that they want more money. They are, you're always constantly paying out money. I don't have insurance today. I got to go to the dentist. Yeah, sure, no problem. $800 for that molar. But, but it's just a tooth. I know. And some of us are caught in that today. We go to doctors, keep going to doctors, doctors, doctors. And we keep paying and paying and paying. And, God's, and you're saying to God, God, I don't, why am I going through this? What? Touch the hem of his garments. Keep playing. Until you come to me fully and deny yourself, don't you know that you're the temple of the Holy Spirit and that you're not your own, that you have been brought at a price? So why are you trying to run a building that's not even yours? See, when I walk around my building, if there's something happening in me, Father God, there is something wrong with your building. I'm just the super. I'm just the one that, that walks around the corridors of my heart making sure that nothing else was planted, the enemy didn't come in and sow a seed of hate, division, strife, anything that is not of God. And then I turn to the guy that, to, to the God that owns it. Father God, that's not, that don't belong there. I know. I gave you the power and authority. Go get it out. I come against you, spirit of, uh, of division or, 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 or spirit of, of fear or, or spirit of, of, I don't know, pride. I come against you. Come out of this temple right now. I deliver myself. Understand this, man. We have to be men and women of action. Stop talking about it and be about it. But we're not. Rich, come on, man. Do we have to be? Yes, you do. It is his temple. And it says it in the word. And he's entrusted us in that. See, she spent all that she had and was no better but grew worse. And how many today would have been able to handle such a trial? Some of us just fold when... Uh, they get a little bill in the, in, in, in the mail. They fold up. What am I going to do with this? No, relax. It's all good. He's got this. How many today would have just given hope as we talk about suicide constantly? We give up hope. Understand this certain woman did not have the hope that resided in us today. We have to understand that also. Jesus did not go to the cross yet. So the spirit of the Lord was not living with inside you yet. They were living as in the Old Testament where the spirit of the Lord was upon certain people. Not inside. 
But meanwhile, we got the kingdom of heaven living inside us today. And still we doubt. And still we're like, God, where are you? I'm right here. And still we walk without hope. Jesus has yet to go to the cross. She was still living under the law. There was no grace given yet for the forgiveness of sin. No atonement. No mercy. Nothing. She had nothing. Twelve years. Twelve years. But we, who have this gift from heaven, will not even think of going a day in this situation. We don't think about, you know, people are losing their jobs right now. I know, I know uh, a, a few guys that are on the verge of losing their jobs. They're on the verge of, uh, you know, not, not knowing where their next check is going to be. Uh, this one, one fella says, I'm going to make a job. And he built his own business. I have another person say, well, psh, I know how to mow lawns. I know how to do this. I'm going to do that. See, God has already given us the tools that we need. God says, worry not about tomorrow. But tomorrow has his worries of his own. But trust in me. Trust in me. You know, look at, look at the, the fields of the lilies, how I arraigned them in such beautiful. Look at the birds of the air. But yet, nah, we don't trust him. Now, people just falling into a deep depression we allow anxiety to settle into our hearts, our minds, our soul, without even a fight. We allow these things to invade our minds. We allow them to just come in and set up camp. I tell, um, listen, the minute you have a thought that is not of God, he says, capture every thought. Every thought. And I'm going to tell you right now, you can't. Unless the Spirit of the Lord is in you, the Holy Spirit will give you that discernment. That's not mine. That's not mine. But this is how I feel. Get over your feelings. It's not about your feelings. It's about what you know. It isn't about who you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. You don't get up and read your word. My bad. You don't pray. How do you think we're going to touch the hem of his garment by our reading of the word, we're praying, and we're worshiping him. And he says, oh, I'll, I'll inhabit those who, he loves coming down and just spending time with us when we praise and worship him. But we don't. Men, lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Lift up your hands in the sanctuary. Men, don't be afraid. Don't allow your, 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 your pride to lift up holy hands. I don't care. I will look like a fool all day. I will cry. I'll do whatever I have to do to be in his presence because I know that's where my healing is. I know that's where my liberty is. I know that's where my answer is. Man, there ain't nothing like a man that praises God. You heard that? A lot of women were like, woohoo! So men, 
Let's go. No, we allow, we allow these things to come in with inside us, and we don't say a word. We, we, we let it just uh, uh, mess, fluster inside, and, 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 and right now, there's people right now, right now, struggling with this. In this room. They're struggling, and they're like, nah, can't happen for me. Nah, nah, it's not me. Tell that voice to shut up, and bind that, and kick it out. Tell that voice right now that is not, you don't live here no more. Amen. It is not only women with issues, but men got issues too. And when you look at this issue of blood, it could be an issue of pride. It could be an issue of anxiety. It could be an issue of depression. Depression is right now is just steamrolling people. Because they have no hope. They doubt within themselves. And let me tell you something. That's something that I've been, I was, I've been struggling for for many years. And, I, and, and God has chastened me and discouraged me. And I doubt no more. But let me tell you, it was a price to pay. When you are going through a season in your life that God is bringing you through right now, and if you're having troubles and trials and tribulations in your life, understand, start examining yourself. What is it that won't allow you to go up to the next level? What is it? Is it, is, is it fear? Is it whatever it is? Identify it and attack it. We have to be men of action. We have to be women of action. Do not allow anything to come between you and the father not even yourself because i'm going to tell you right now that's our biggest problem right now in the church is self because you know first timothy right three one right where he says in the last days men will be what lovers of themselves right Having a form of godliness and denying the power they're in, right? Lovers of pleasures and not lovers of God. This is where we're at today. So think right now. What is stopping you for doing the next thing that God places in front of you? Think about it. And if it's yourself, what are you doing about it? Are you praying? Are you fasting? Are you seeking? Are you asking? Right? Matthew 7, 7. Ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened. Or do we want that friendly message like, don't worry about it. Things going to be all right. God's got this. No, we have to be men and women of action. Amen. And let me tell you something. These issues, he already told us it would happen. Right? Didn't he tell us what would happen? First Peter 4.12 Beloved, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. That means to prove, to entice, to afflict. As though some strange thing happened to you. But rejoice to the extent that you are partakers of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory is revealed, you may also be 
glad with exceeding joy. He says, listen, don't think this is strange. I already told you this is going to happen. I already told you that, that, that you're going to go through some trials and tribulations. In this life, you will have trials and tribulations. He already told us that. But why is it that time and time again when these things come up, we revert back to what we used to do? We revert back to who we used to be. Why? Ask yourself, why? Because you are what you eat. And if you eat garbage, guess what? That's what you're going to get. But if you eat the scroll, when you eat that small little book, and it's just like honey in your mouth, now there's a different story. Now you see your trials are like, oh, snap, we're going to the gym. We're going to the gym. We're going to go work out. We're gonna, oh, all right, God, yo, listen, I'm, let me get prayed up because I know it's coming. And I'm going to tell you right now, if you go to the gym, it ain't going to feel good. So many people have gym memberships and they haven't even gone yet. Right? Well, that's the same thing as church. You come to church and you haven't even gone yet. You haven't even started. You come in, you got your, you got you look good, you're dressed up to, to be who you came to be, but yet, eh, I'm not standing up, I'm not lifting holding hands, I'm not doing anything. And if that pastor say anything that I don't like, I'm out the door. Right? Then we wonder why our lives are a mess. Listen, we gotta renew this. We came here for a reason today. We didn't come here to hear a man. Don't come here to hear Pastor Albert, Pastor Rich, Pastor uh, Sadrach, Daisy. Don't come here to hear man. Come here to hear the Spirit of the Lord. Come here prepared. Your whole week should have been preparing for this day. But if you come here just to, I went to church today. You might as well just stay home. Stay home. Because you're not doing anyone a, a, a service, not even to yourself. And I say that not to not 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 to sketch down on you. I'm just telling you. Listen, you got purpose. Amen. God wants to use you. He wants to guide you. He wants to lead you. Don't come into this house and start sowing strife. Start getting upset with people. Because I'm telling you right now, the ones that are walking in the spirit will say something. And then they'll say it in love because we love you and care for you. This is a house for the broken. Don't try to break it more. If you're broken already, come. Touch that hem of his garment. Be made whole. Be, 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 you know, be blessed. Be healed. Now, we're watching those unclean things that come up in here. Trust me. Those intercessors are already on point. They already laid the foundation before anybody comes into this house. Because we have to be on the guard. We won't allow that. 
Because there's people that are really hurting right now. That don't know where their next meal is going to come. That don't know how they're going to pay the next bill. That don't know how they're going to, how, how they're going to come forward to the next day. They don't know. But what they do know is that they're going to find the answer in the house. Because everything that you need is in the house. So today, if God leads you to help somebody, help them. Yes, he has told us about the fiery trials. Yes, he let us know. See, Romans 13, 11 through 14, right? He tells us to do this. And do, and do this, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep. For now, our salvation is nearer than we first believed. The night is far spent, and the day is at hand. We got to start waking up. Waking up to, to, to what God is doing around us. Waking up to do the things that he's called us to do. Waking up to, to, uh, to be his vessel. I understand it's hard. I know it's hard. I know it's difficult. I know that you, you, you may think that there's no answer. I don't know. How, how do I get there, Pastor Rich? How do, how do I do this? Let me tell you. When you feel, don't feel like worshiping, worship. When you don't feel like reading your word, read your word. And why do I say that? I was, I was driving the other day thinking about this message. He says, you know what it is? It's that our flesh likes to block certain things. Our flesh likes to erect dams in our lives. Like a beaver makes a dam. There's no flow of water. Right? And so when we start erecting these dams in our lives, you know, of fear, of, of, of indecision, of device, of, of anxiety, all these things that's hindering us, then we need to even pray more. So what happens? It's like someone pouring more water into a place that, that is not flowing. There's going to be so much pressure built up because you're still praying. You're still seeking. You're still asking. You're still going. You don't feel like going, but you do it anyway. And what it does is breaks the dam. Jesus. It breaks the dam and there comes your healing. There comes your, your blessing. There comes everything else because now you got living on water coming through you. Yes. Thank you Jesus. How is it then? How do I get past that then? What do I do? Go help somebody else. You're sick? Go find a sick person to play, pray for. You ain't got no money? Go find somebody even poorer than you. you. You're going through a hard time? Go pray for somebody else that's going through a hard time. Because as you do those things, God sees it. It's like, yep, he's running low. And you just keep pouring. Keep pouring. Oh, get that doubt out of the way. I got you. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. Get it out of the way. And gone. Because let me tell you something, the fight is real. The fight is real. There's too many of us trying to fight a fight by ourselves. And the only way to do it, man, he says, yo, love your neighbor as you love yourself. Let's start working for others. Understanding that the time that we're doing this in is his time, not ours. 
See, when we separate our minds, our soul, our spirit from this world and live in eternity, it doesn't matter what you're going through right now. It's just going to the gym. Guess what? You go to the gym for an hour, you leave, right? You, you work out, sore, all jacked up, but guess what? You leave. And for that hour and a half, whatever time it was you spent in the gym, listen, you only got stronger. So if you're going through a trial right now, if you're going through something really difficult right now, you're only going to get stronger. You're only going to come out of it and say, look what Jesus did for me. You're going to give him all the glory, not you, because you know darn well it wasn't you. It was him. So come on. Stop getting down on yourself and start being everything that God's called us to be. See, let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as the day, not in revivery and drunkenness, not in lewdness not or lust, not in strife or envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Let's not give the flesh anything. But the problem is, is that we, we got our focus wrong. We're focused wrong. We're focused too much on the things that we see instead of the things that are unseen. And what do we end up doing? Like I said, suicide. Thoughts of suicide starts running through your mind. And you know that's not of God. But we entertain it. Well, maybe if I, I did this, I don't have to worry no more. Oh, you're going to have to worry. It ain't nice on the other side. What else do we do? We revert back to our alcohol, our pills, numb ourselves up. Because that's easy. That's easy. Nobody wants to work no more. Man, they can't even find people to fly planes. They can't find people to, to, to work in any shops. Nobody wants to work no more. Everybody wants it free. But see, in my father's house, you're going to work. You're going to work. You're going to work out your salvation. Can nobody do it for you? Nobody do it for you. Nah, we want to do it easy. Sexual immoralities. Understand that you have been betrothed to Christ. Every time you do something else that is not of God and of this world, sexual immorality, anything, you're cheating on the one you've been betrothed to. We are set apart for him. And when we put our minds on things of this world and not on him, guess what we're doing? Nah, we, sexual immoralities is running crazy. Sister uh, Leslie uh, was praying about the schools. It's in our schools. It's in our kids' teaching. It's, it's, it's everywhere. We're being so engulfed in it. 
And the easy thing to do is what? Oh, accept it. You know what? It's all right. It's no big deal. It'll go away. It's a trend. Negative. This is just the beginning. It's going to get worse. It's going to get worse. So what are we to do? Anything to forget their trials, anything to ease the pain. We do anything, right? Understand that 12 years that she has to deal with this. And she could have did any of those things. She could have done any of that, but she didn't receive any help. She didn't receive nothing. She was alone. She did all that she could, but she didn't stop for looking for some type of redemption, some type of um, persevering. She didn't, she didn't go into suicide. She didn't go into alcoholism. She didn't sell her body. She didn't do none of that. She kept looking for an answer. She kept looking for, for something, something to break. Then she found hope. She found hope. She found Jesus. Now get this. Get this. Because a lot of people here found Jesus. A lot of people here said they know about Jesus. But yet they're still sitting there with no hope. Because they have yet taken the time and precious to, to, to know him more. To have a relationship with him. They know about him. They found Jesus and that was enough. The content. I found Jesus. I'm good. They didn't search him out. They didn't seek for him. They didn't long for him. They, didn't, they don't want to do anything. They just, I'm good with Jesus. But not her. No, 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 no. Not her. I heard of a man called Jesus. The scripture says, right, in verse 27, when she heard Jesus, she came behind him in a crowd and touched the hem of his garment and clothing. I want you to pay close attention. You know what? And when Cynthia was praying, he was, oh, there's more, there's more. And I'm like, oh my gosh, she's saying my sermon up there. There's more in the word. There's more in the word. There's more in the word. Right? I was there this week. There's more in the word. What, what else is there? I want you to pay close attention that, um, what follows Jesus in this passage. Look at your Bibles, right? Look at your Bibles. And what follows Jesus? And we miss it. The comma. What follows Jesus? We, we go straight to, oh, touch the hem. She found Jesus, but guess what? There's a comma there. There's a punctuation mark there. Matthew 5.18, right, says this. I say to you, till heaven and earth passes away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law till all is fulfilled. A comma. You would think, it's really a comma? What can a comma say? Well, a tittle is a small, insignificant amount of, or speck. Like, you know, the, 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 the eye, the little dot on the eye, not even that will pass away. Commas is usually um, used as a mark of a separation within the sentence. 
a pause, a temporary inaction, especially when it comes to uncertainty. It's like a little intermission. So when it's, she heard of Jesus, come on. See, we have to understand. It is the comma where our faith is going to be tested. And we miss it. It is the comma, right? That's that's gonna that's gonna pause when we hear that good news. It is that comma, right? Where we're gonna start now wondering when am I gonna see this Jesus? When is my deliverance? When is my healing? But it's in this comma is where we start to grow. See, she heard of Jesus. When she heard the name of Jesus, something happened with inside her. She heard hope. She heard healing. She heard her answer. She heard that, listen, Jesus, I got to see him. I know that he can heal me. I know that he can, he can do something with inside me. I know it. I know it because I went to all the doctors and I'm hearing these, the, the name of Jesus healing. I hear him going around and blind men see and deaf men hear and lame men walk. He can do something for me. But there's a comma. See, the thing is, is that it's not like today when they say, well, Jesus is going to be here uh, at Orange County Fairgrounds on Monday, uh, uh, Friday to Saturday. Come on by at 6 o'clock. No. It's not like he's scheduled to do a, a, an appearance. When she heard, Jesus could have been on the, on the ocean with his disciples in that storm. She don't know when she's coming. She just heard of a man named Jesus. She don't know what, what, what time, what date, what, 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 uh, how am I going to see him? Where am I going to go to find him? She don't know. It's not like they, they, she had an Uber. Take me to Jesus. Right? It wasn't, it's not like she, she, can, she can schedule, yo, can I, excuse me, yeah. Yeah, what time is Jesus in? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't make it there, but how about Tuesday? Tuesday? Tuesday's good. It's not like she can make an appointment. She can't make an appointment to Jesus. No, there's a comma. Look at that comma. See, before it gets good, you're going to start to go down. Before it gets good, there's a slope that you're going to probably fall down in. That comma is important in our lives. Because it's in that comma... We now have to show endurance. Yeah. It's in that comma of waiting, that pause before the break, that we have to say, nah, I believe and I trust in the name of Jesus. I know my Jesus will get me out of this. I know my God will have the answer. I know that he's going to come close. I know he's coming. I know he's got my back. So until then, I'm going to hold on to Jesus. So she's now, I've been 12 years without an answer, and I got an answer right now. I'm going to hold on. 
How many of you are going through something right now and then you're lost in depression, you're lost in anxiety, you're lost in all these things, you don't know what's going to happen. Hold on to Jesus. Amen. He'll never leave you nor forsake you. Stop feeling down, man. I can imagine her waiting. I don't know when he's coming, but I know he's coming. I'm looking out. I'm, I know he's coming. Yo, you, Jesus is coming. I don't know, but he's coming. He's coming. And when he does, I'm going to be right there. Right? 1 Corinthians 16, verse, uh, oh my gosh, it just came to mind. Verse 13 it states, Watch. It says, Watch. Let me just get it right because it just came to my mind and I'm like, yo, Rich, better get her straight. People are looking up the scriptures. <laughs> Verse 16. Yes. 16.13. And it says this. Be alert. It starts off with, be alert. If you're going through something right now, be alert. If, 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 if something is really getting you down, be alert. You're in the comma right now. You're, you're, there's, there's something coming out. He's coming, but be alert. What else this tells you? Stand firm. Right? Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Can you imagine how courageous she had to be? She's building up right now. Listen. As soon as she heard Jesus, her healing was already there. Her healing was already done in the spiritual world. But she's going to put action to what she just heard. So many of us come to the house of God and hear a good word and put no action to it. Don't do nothing with it. And then they leave out of here the same way they came in. Cut it out. Get over yourself. Jesus is here. Jesus is here. What else does it say? It's so full of so much. Be strong. Do everything in love. Everything. Nah. That's not for me, Pastor Rich. I tried that. I did that. I tried that. You didn't try nothing. You tried nothing. You found nothing. Because you looked with inside yourself. Instead of looking towards Christ. Now there's a comma there. The comma is no joke. What does the word say? What does the word say? Oh, I thank you, Father. Here I am. I'm messing up all my notes. Go ahead. Isaiah 40, 31. says this. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not be faint. Wait on the Lord. Right? Wait on the Lord. Come on. We got to wait on the Lord. We can't give up on that. I don't care how long it takes. Father God, if it takes all my life, I'm going to wait on the Lord. 
Some of us have been waiting a long time for wayward children to come into the house and fight. I, I give up. Some of us have been waiting for husbands. Wait on the Lord. Some of us have been waiting for mates. Wait on the Lord. Stop looking with inside yourself because there's nothing good in there. In the flesh, that is. But look unto Jesus. What does it say in Psalms 27, 14? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. How about this one? 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. And it says, watch, stand fast in the faith. Be brave, be strong. And we just read that. Let it all that you do be done with love. Yeah, but see, what is it that stops you from waiting on the Lord? What is it that that just hinders you from waiting on the Lord? Is it your trial? Is it your situation? What is it? Go to Isaiah 50, verse 10. I'm going to show you something. Because let me tell you something. That comma does not feel good. That's why it's black. You're dark. That comma is black, dark, right? Listen, look, listen to what it says in Isaiah 50, verse 10. Who among you fear the Lord? Can we all say, amen, that's me? That's me. I fear the Lord. How about this? Who obeys the voice of his servant? Absolutely. I'm always walking in the faith. I'm always doing what I got to do. Who walks in darkness and has no light? Question mark, punctuation, stop right there. What do you mean I have no light? I'm walking in darkness. You're in the comma. My job got rid of me. My cat left. My dog bit me. Right? I'm having problems with paying my bills. Even though I'm the light of, my, of the world, I'm right now I feel like I'm in darkness. I don't know where I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to do this. I don't know how I'm going to pay this. I don't know what to do. I'm in the comma. I'm in darkness. God, why? You know what? Forget the why, Father. I trust you. Let him trust in the name of of the Lord and rely upon his God when you're in that dark place when you're in that place that you don't know where tomorrow's gonna end up trust in the Lord stay there but nah, we're educated we got smarts God knows what we're supposed to do I, I tell he says I can do all things they just don't finish the rest of the verse. Because if you look at 11, it says, look. That means pay attention. All you who kindle a fire, who encircle yourselves 
with sparks who walk in the light of your fire and in the sparks you have kindled this you shall have from my hand you shall lie down in torment yeah we got too many fire starters here and when I mean fire starters because it's alright to start somebody else's fire as long as it's not yours we have people that come with their own kindling just because they're blessed with some type of, of gift just because God has anointed them with something they think they're all that in the bag of chips not understanding Jesus who is God Incarnate came down and lowered himself more than if anybody can uh, 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 brag about being a man, it's Jesus, right? But yeah, he took the form of a servant. And we think because we run ministries, we have talent, we can actually call the shots, we can actually, you know. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's that's beneath me. It's not me. I, 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 you know, I, I'm I'm Bishop. I don't know. Uh, uh, you know, Pastor, Minister, so and so. I don't do those things. But see, the one that gets in that dark place, and because they have that title, they say, you know what, God. I know he says trust in the Lord, but I got this, God. I got this. You gave me these gifts, man, so I'm going to use them. I got this. Just hang out. Let me start this over here. Then you wonder why your ministries fall. You wonder why no one asks you to, to, to partake in anything. That you set apart, you put it aside. You lie down in torment wondering why. Because you did not even think of repenting and humbling yourself. These are ministries that I say that when they're born and, 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 and they come out and, and, and it's because of their talents and their gifts and they did their own fire, I call those ministries stillbirths. Because they were birthed. They were given. But they have no life. Because there's no spirit. There's no God. It's your fire, your kindling, your sparks. It has nothing to do with God. Stillbirths. Then we wonder why we're so stuck where we at. But there's good news, man. There's hope in Jesus. There's hope in Jesus. All you have to do is just repent. Turn from your wicked ways. Seek him. Ask him. We got to be risk takers. We have to. And as we take risks, we have to go forth. Right? And be the man that God's called us to be, the lady that God's called us to be. Because when she came up, she was in stealth mode. She came up and snuck behind him. She knew she was unclean. She knew that if they caught her, guess what's going to happen? She was going to get jacked up. She was going to get hurt. They, ain't gonna, they, they were going to hurt her. 
He who finds his life will lose it, and he who loses his life for my sake will find it. Let me tell you something. Sometimes we got to be risk takers. Let's be risk takers. Amen? For she said, only if I touch the hem of his cloth, I shall be made well. What was she doing when she said this? She was encouraging herself. How many of us need to be encouraged? How many of us need to be encouraged, right? Philippians 4.13, right? I can do all things through Christ. Who strengthens me? Encourage yourself. Romans 8.31, what then we, uh, shall we say to these things? If God before me, who can be against me? She has now Christ in her. She's like, yo, I'm with this. I'm going. I'm going to touch that hem. Psalms 56, verse 9. When I cry out to you, then my enemies will turn back. This I know because God is with me. And he's for me. See, she already knew the restoration that she needed was going to be found in Christ. She knew that. See, immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she healed the afflictions. And Jesus immediately knew, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched me? Why did he ask that question, who touched me? When his disciples were like, yo, listen, man, everybody's touching you. But see, somebody touched them in faith. See, everybody else there was about the ministry. It wasn't about Jesus. That's why they were walking in their flesh and not in the spirit. But she says, nah, I'm going to touch him in my faith. Jairus came, right? If you read in verse 22, Jairus came begging him to come to his daughter's, to his house because his daughter was dying. See, Jairus, he says, Jairus saw Jesus. See, his way was, I got to see him to believe in him. Her way was like, I believe him without even seeing him. That's how the world is. When you're walking in the flesh, you got to see to believe. But when you're walking in the spirit, you believe without seeing. That's faith. Come on. See, saints of God, Jesus is our healer. He is the one that's going to mend us and, and care for us if we just touch the heavens garment. Sometimes we have to walk through all the naysayers, walk through all the people that are going to push you down, walk through all the people that are going to hurt you, that just because you may look different, be different. But if you just touch the hem of his garment, he will heal you. Turn to the woman. He says, your faith has made you well. The thing that I want to point out, there is restoration. The biggest part of this message is the comma. The small insignificant thing that we pass over, the time it takes for the restoration to come. We don't know if it's going to take a minute, a day, an hour, 30 years. She could have been another 12 years, but she had hope in Christ. Nothing was changing her. Nothing was bringing her down. Nothing was stopping her. Too many of us are stopped in our tracks because the comma is too long. The time has been too long. God, I've been waiting for so long. The time is long, God. 
I don't know if I can handle this. I don't know if I can take this. We know the times are getting hard. We know the times are different now. You can sense it in the air. We're right now in the comma because Christ is coming. And what we do in the comma, what we do in this time span is what's going to dictate who we are in the future. Are you going to fall back to your flesh? Or are you going to make a decision today to say, Father God, forgive me. I believe and trust in you and everything that that's, that's in you, Father God. I, I believe that it's for my life and I'm here for a reason. And, and I know that whatever I'm going through right now, Father God, you have an answer to it. And the only way you're going to find it if you start reading your word, praying daily, and seeking his face. Don't come. Don't be a smock. You know what a smock is? Nobody knows? Not, you know smock, smock? Yeah, yeah, but the way I say smock, a Sunday morning only Christian. Don't be a Sunday morning only Christian. Be an everyday Christian. Be an everyday survivor. Be an everyday go-getter. An everyday overcomer. The time is His. And if we would just settle our hearts and say, God, I take all distractions away and I focus on you. We are so grateful to God for allowing us the opportunity to share this message with you. Thank you for listening. We want you to know that you are all in our constant prayers. If you have been blessed by today's program, why not consider partnering with us? To make a donation is easy. You can visit us online at www.specchurch.net or you can call us at 845 956 Once again, that's www.specchurch.net or 845-956-0133. We invite you to worship with us one Sunday morning very soon. Thank you again for your prayers and support. May the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and may he be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. God bless you.